0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I am authorized to assure you that so far there is no reasonable cause for alarm. The rumors of invading armies and mass destruction are based on hysteria and are absolutely false. I repeat, these
1: rumors are absolutely false. Welcome to Thoughtspeak, a podcast dedicated to the discussion of K. Applegate's 1996 book series, Animorphs. My name is Coleman.
0: And my name is Mitchell, and tonight we have a very special program for you, because not only are we reviewing book number 30, The Reunion, but I am proud to say that this episode is sponsored in part by our Patreon subscribers, and uh, we actually have a list of those people that we're going to name off to thank right now. Thank them. (laughs) Absolutely. This is uh, something new that we're going to start doing from here on out because uh, you kind people have been nice enough to throw a little bit of your money at us whenever we release one of these episodes. And boy, that really makes us want to get them out a little bit faster. I'll say, (laughs) but absolutely for the time being, we just want to thank, uh, and these are the names, uh, that we get on our, uh, Patreon. So some of them might not be real names. Case in point, uh, The Geek Critique, thank you. Spencer, thank you. Empathetic Twitch, thank you. Dan, Dan, thank you, Dan. Justin Elliott, (laughs) thank you, too. And last but not least, Miss Jennifer Baker, thank you. Uh, Interesting point here. Jennifer, you are only $5 (laughs) subscriber currently, and as you might or might not be aware of, uh, one of the uh, rewards for $5 subscribers is that you get invited to a post-show discussion uh, with me and Coleman. So you being the only subscriber there that that gets that perk, I don't know how we're going to make this work, but I have your email address, so maybe we'll send you an email, a follow-up after the episode and, uh, and, and get your thoughts. Who knows?
1: <laughs> I, I want to know what she thinks of, uh, of this book in particular. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll start relaying those thoughts in the next episode.
0: There you go. Uh, this could quickly turn into, like, the Jennifer Baker Spotlight Hour because we don't have any other $5 subscribers right now. So <laughs> you want to get I mean, included if, if in more... this post-show discussion, chime in.
1: If more people jump on this, I mean, it's basically like becoming a co-host of ThoughtSpeak, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so the, that post-show discussions, it probably gonna get pretty wild in the future. That's all I have to say. Who knows? I mean, every
0: topic is on the table. No, nothing's off-topic or, or
1: nothing's no, taboo. There's no, there's no taboo in the in the post-show discussion. Just nothing. <laughs> um, I will also say that I don't know if our Patreon uh, subscribers notice this, but we, we marked our um, subscriber levels. So we have, uh, what'd you say? We have nine people total. So we have eight Jed controller subscribers and we have one taxing controller. So if you've got a favorite alien species, if you are if you want to support the empire, <laughs> uh, jump on there and check out and see what, what level of dedication uh, you bring to the Yerk forces.
0: What kind of host body are you, hmm? Okay, so while you're pondering that and while you're heading over to our Patreon page to uh, pledge us lots of your good, good green money, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, we've got a message, a Facebook message from a Connor Muldowney that we always love reading, and he says, I understand all good things come to an end, but I just wanted to know, will the Animorphs podcast continue after all the books in the series have been reviewed? If not, I can just switch over to one of your other podcasts you mentioned, but I was curious now that you guys have been all the way up to the third Megamorphs book, uh, and that's actually a really good, relevant question, is uh, what are our plans for after this? And we've hinted at some things, and we've talked about some ideas, but that's about as vague as we want to keep it right now, is that we've got some ideas for uh, for after the series ends, right?
1: Yeah, we're not we're not ending at fifty four. We have some very specific things that we want to do. Uh it's not just gonna be one or two episodes. And we think it's gonna get you know, once once we talk to fifty four, and once we talk about book fifty four, things are gonna get dark here in ThoughtSpeak. And I feel like uh afterwards it's there's gonna be just a, a breath of fresh air, a relief uh of tension and um just some levity brought back to the podcast with what our plans are currently. Uh, and it very relevant to um, Animorphs, the future of Animorphs, uh, possible we've already had one pretty big guest on the show as far as a uh, one of the authors of Animorphs I would say that there's a possibility we go bigger
0: Yeah, I, absolutely uh, I, I would love to, uh, no offense to uh, our friends and family, but I would love to increase the quality of our, our guests that we book, um, I, I've got some things in the works, I'm trying to get some very no interesting to people, to Michael Grant
1: no no no, no Michael, Michael Grant, Grant was
0: an excellent like <laughs> if if imagine if we were like going fishing, we caught Michael Grant. That's like catching the marlin right away, you know?
1: Mhm. That's my fishing but analogy. there's always bigger fish in the sea. There's always bigger fish in the sea.
0: <laughs> we can get two of them with him and his wife.
1: <laughs> um no, we we got some we still got some cool stuff lined up, so uh do not unsubscribe right after you hear that last book. Because I, I think there's a there's a future in the podcast, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a ton of fun.
0: Oh, absolutely, there'll be more. Uh, so, you know, that said, though, it, feel free to jump over and check out any of our other podcasts. Now is a great time to mention that uh, I, I've been reviewing some TV shows that have been running currently with my other buddy, and uh, those are Talking Evil Dead and Talking Preacher, both fantastic shows, uh, and I'm really looking forward to doing more of those. Another big thing I want to mention is that I was recently a guest on another podcast called the uh, Literate Gamer Podcast, where we talked about games and game theories and stories, uh, particularly the episode that I was in. We chatted about Pokemon. So if you're into, I don't know, listening to a couple 30-something dudes (laughs) reminisce about their time playing Pokemon, uh, it, it might be up your alley.
1: Yeah, and I checked out uh, a few more of their podcasts outside of yours, uh, and they they cover like Mass Effect's story across the trilogy, and um, just just a bunch of like uh, some Zelda stuff. Uh, they, they're pretty interesting. Yeah, they're really into Monster Hunter and the and the Persona
0: series. Like, they would not shut up about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I um, made the mistake of saying it.
0: I haven't played those games, and they're like, oh, well, oh, this gosh. is what you do. Blah blah blah. <laughs>
1: uh you hunt monsters and you have a personality we get it pretty um, much but anyway yeah
0: <laughs> uh you anyway. said you had something you wanted to read
1: yeah uh i have a comment on our website uh thoughtspeedcast.com from a vanessa lawrence fusel uh hey i just want to say thank you so much for still doing these even though it looks like there's a uh, few comments in the last few episodes because i found you guys just this week i've already binged through most of your episodes I loved Animorphs as a little girl, and I still love it now, and you guys always bring up interesting and amazing conversation points about the characters, the world building, the plots themselves, as well as good points about morality, alien biology, and cultures, and even psychology, not to mention that you guys are just downright hilarious duo, and your jokes always make me laugh so hard, and not to be creepy or weird here, but I've fallen asleep listening to you guys more than once lately, too long to read, I love it. (laughs) <laughs> all and please don't stop and don't ever think nobody likes them or anything heart 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 that's it.
0: <laughs> i hope she like phonetically spelled heart heart, heart. no no it's
1: no, little little emoji hearts
0: <laughs> okay well wonderful wonderful that's uh an amazingly nice uh message thank you very much <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean we need to start putting on some like white noise at every at the end of each episode if people are falling asleep to this.
0: Sure. And then we can just like keep rolling, you know, uh how we generally chat for a couple minutes afterwards after we're done. We can just leave yeah. it rolling then and uh record all that with some white noise under it.
1: I I think we could get in some like dream therapy too, like some, some uh subversive advertising. Uh, there's just a lot there's a lot we could bring to this podcast that we're leaving on the table
0: check out our patreon
1: patreon.com slash thoughtspeak (laughs) we
0: talk like (laughs) ghosts when we're trying
1: to influence people so
0: there's a ghost in your room wake up (laughs) (laughs) so that was a wonderful review and I'd I'd love to hear some more comments uh, similar to that one they don't all have to be that nice really
1: I mean, we love it yeah. when they are, but <laughs> they could be way meaner than that. and We'd still read them.
0: Uh, any huesers tonight? We are talking animorphs number thirty, the reunion. The reunion special is what this one felt like, to be honest.
1: Now this this is uh, this is a really interesting book, and let's jump right into the uh, design.
0: Yeah, the, the the cover of this one is is a bit strange. Uh, right off the bat, you know, it prominently features the roach morph. Uh, which we've had in a bunch of books haven't seen it on a cover yet, obviously um, a little disappointed. They didn't go with uh, Marco going to goat on the cover of this.
1: <laughs> Maybe it just didn't look as good um, or they realized they had gone this far without doing cockroach. And that's so important to them. I mean, kind of makes sense.
0: That's true. And there's something to be said about, um, you know, Marco given everything he's going through uh, throughout the course of this book and series, um, to be compared or likened to a cockroach is uh, kind of probably symbolic. I don't know.
1: Maybe, I guess. I, don't, I didn't really get that read. Hey, it, I'm but. diving deep, bro,
0: <laughs> because my cover is telling me to watch Animorphs on TV. Like it, like it <laughs> ripped through the cover to tell me that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a, I never did really get what that design was supposed to be, but I guess you're right. It's like somebody ripped the book up. Yeah, um, good good job, design team. You're still <laughs> still nailing it. I do like the cover in general, though. I like when they go for these like muted colors with a bit of orange or some other color splashed in. I mean, it's uh, it just makes the cover look more modern. And yeah. they go for kind of a sunset cloud uh, cloud background. You know. Well, the
0: the dingy brown and blackish uh, really kind of like accentuates the the colors on the roach. And you know that third. The in between, the most middle morph there, it looks like uh, one of those realistic Pokemon.
1: Yeah, I like can see that. Like a creepy one. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, um, the cover quote is "Marco must make the ultimate sacrifice."
1: That's more relevant than those are usually. I wouldn't call it the alt. The ultimate sacrifice sounds like he's going to kill himself or something. Well, it's it's um,
0: very broad. But it's fitting for the story, so yeah. there's
1: that. The inside cover is again strange. Did he ever morph cockroach in like his bedroom
0: during this book? Um, you know, no, he didn't morph. Because I, I was paying attention, I was like, "Ooh, when's he gonna crawl by a picture of his mom on his nightstand?" Uh, it, it mentions the picture of his mom on his nightstand, but he's never morph. Uh,
1: roach. Oh, that's that black. That's what that black blob is i didn't even realize i don't think that's a picture of his mom i think that's his mom in a mirror because look right at it it's, it's, it's it mm. yeah to me it's on mine and i don't know if it's seven years but it's like you can barely make out human features in it like honestly it's hard mm, i to don't see. know
0: maybe maybe the quality is faded on yours because i can very clearly see a woman's
1: face really because mine, mine seriously like mine is like the rest of the picture is perfect, but the the reflection is like very dark and like no contrast. It's really weird. But um, anyway, but I think it's a mirror because it's attached to the wall. It's not on his night table or whatever. And there's a there's a mostly um, mostly empty glass of like bourbon uh, in front of it.
0: I don't know what say you, listener. Is this is this a a photograph? Uh, or is it a uh, reflection in a mirror? I guess I never thought of it that way.
1: If it's if it's a photograph, it's got one of the most boring backgrounds in the world, and she's like Facebook profile looking away from the camera. <laughs> I really think it's a reflection.
0: Well, again, plus
1: whose th- drink is that? This
0: could just be the marketing team hearing, you know, like okay, uh, the photo of a woman uh, in a bedroom. There's a roach, and uh, there we go. That's all we need to know.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, say, say why is there why are there
0: keys on the thing? Why why is there an empty, you know, drink? Why is there a candlestick stand? Yeah,
1: hypothet- <laughs> hypothetically, this is Marco's bedroom. Why is he drinking bourbon with two rocks in it?
0: <laughs> yeah, it makes no ice. sense. Plus, some of these coins are—they um, look like they have holes punched in them, which is not American currency.
1: <laughs> That's like Greek currency,
0: right? So. I don't know. We're putting way, way too much thought into this for sure. For sure. The marketing team, this is how they're getting to us because listeners, they're making listeners, us overanalyze all their crap.
1: <laughs> listeners, if you're wondering what the podcast would be like after Book 54, you just got a little hint. It's just us rambling on and on about uh, senseless aspects of the series. Oh,
0: And then did you notice the font change? Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, they do use multiple fonts all over this design, and it's pretty terrible.
0: I know. That was really just an uh, example of our nitpickiness overall. Just, uh, you think it's saying. my turn to read the back yet, or what?
1: I think you, I think I think you finally, missed the last one. I'm pretty after sure. After the last 70 episodes, you can read the back of the book. Of this
0: I, I, you know what? I love hearing about our, our listeners that like just find the podcast and then start binging, because I'm sure they're catching all the inconsistencies whenever we're wrong, because we never remember who read
1: what. It's it's possible I've read the last, like, ten books, the back of the books.
0: Yeah, and it's possible that that could also just be one of our running jokes, because I'm about to read this one.
1: Which which podcast was it that we tried to read all three? All three of us at the same time? We had a guess, and we tried to read the whole thing.
0: That was the episode of Megamorphs number three that failed with Kyle. Thank you for oh, bringing that, that didn't up. Air.
1: Thank you. Well, <laughs> Thank you for bringing <laughs> no, it's that great. up. No, great. That's some, that's some <laughs> bonus content. Uh, post post Book 54, you're going to get all our bloopers and mistakes. No, you deleted that <laughs> recording as far as I'm aware. Uh, I told you that.
0: Marco's mom is back, <laughs> but she's not Vizzer1 anymore. Marco's not even sure if she's still a controller, but he's determined to find out no matter what it takes, no matter what might happen, Marco wants his mom back. Jake, the other animorphs, and Axe realize that Marco is under some serious stress, and that the situation with his mom could very well jeopardize everything they've worked for. Now they also have to wonder if Marco will be the one to give away the secret
1: of the animorphs. So this is interesting. Hey, uh, well, I don't know how he's gonna give away the secret of the animorphs. Uh,
0: but just if Viser One or X Viser One, geez, let's let's please let's call her what she is, X Viser One. Because mm. uh, <laughs> they don't call her that, they still call her visor One, even though she's not. Uh, well, they call her
1: visor One and visor right after this too.
0: Yeah, well, she's not. Okay. <laughs> well,
1: people need to recognize. Could, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead with your talk. I
0: don't know what I was even talking about now.
1: Well, Just I was going to say me. it's. I was, was going to say it's interesting not to spoil the book, but um, uh, it's interesting that the book implies that we're dealing with a. Um, unreliable narrator in Marco because the book says or the back of the book says he's not even sure if she's still a lot or still a controller but he's determined to find out no matter what it takes no matter what uh, might happen Marco wants his mom back he continually tells us throughout the entire book that he's determined to finish the mission it's going to be hard yes but he's going to do what's right for the mission and the book the back of the book saying no we, we know what's really going on and that's revealed at the end so that that means uh, Marco is an unreliable nir- narrator in this book because he's lying to us, the reader.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I I didn't think of it from that angle. Sure.
1: Well, that's one of my favorite like book concepts. I really like that. So uh, interesting to see it. Sure, because implied, you at least. you
0: genuinely were left wondering, you know, what he was going to do versus how he was talking about it all throughout.
1: Exactly. And you knew you knew those feelings were there just because of the way the book reads. But still, it's it's an angle I didn't even look at until just now.
0: Uh, the author wishes to thank Elise Donner, who worked on this one. Uh, Elise Donner. Is that one of our Patreons? Good on ya. No, that's uh, the ghostwriter for this book. <laughs> I know. Clever, clever. Um, so diving right in, I guess. I mean, the first chapter, as usual, is uh, your your typical fillery kind of recappy uh, situation in which we learn all about Marco's mommy drama and all of that's recapped. and It's good to know if you... Know, you know, it's been a while since we've had one of these Visitor 1 books, actually, so a little recap doesn't hurt. Like the whole no, sailing I'm... incident? Who remembered that? Yeah.
1: Right? Well, I remember that because, you know, I'm a fan of the series. But, <laughs> of course, me too, yeah. and it's 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 very prominent and literally one of my favorite books of the series visor i mean this this book could literally lead right into visor and i I don't believe it does i think we we did a research on that and it's uh it's another book that does but um the any of this book could lead straight into the trial of visor one so uh which goes into the circumstances of her disappearance as marco's mom
0: yeah exactly um so, you know, whether or not you need that, you get it. Um, he basically he recaps everything, and uh, it just kind of, he sets off this chain of events where, you know, largely in part due to coincidence, he's heading downtown instead of going to school like he should be, and, uh, you know, plot literally runs into him in this in this opening chapter here.
1: Yeah, these are one of those instances you got to think that the Alemis or somebody's moving some pieces around to make this confrontation happen. Uh, I mean, hell, it could be you know another like a sub vizor or someone within the Yurks that uh, is tracking Vizor One, and um, you got to think it's got to be one of the omnipotent beings because you know you got you got to know who the Animorphs are, you got to know the humans, you got to make know that Marco's going to skip school that day. It just, yeah. It's, oh, there's it's so too, many factors. It's too coincidental, in play. though. <laughs> it's too coincidental, though. At the same time. Well,
0: you know, dealing with coincidences is one thing that we've learned to just do on this podcast. So, regardless, we've got Marco in this situation where he happens to bump into his mom, or his mom bumps into Not him. Not to
1: go. Not to go full tangent, like right here at the beginning of the podcast, uh, but I, I'd almost like to see the book where this whole situation is handled by another Animorph running into it, uh, to Marco's mom and how they handle that and if they tell him or not or if they try to do the mission behind his back or, you know, that that would be really interesting and would deal with the coincidence angle a little bit. Oh, yeah, especially if, if it, it was were like Axe. If it were Axe, Axe, Axe would want to just kill her on sight. <laughs> he'd kill her on sight or he'd go straight to Prince Jake. Uh, I mean, Jake, I don't know why I'm calling Prince Jake Um, or Rachel. Prince Jake, please kill her. (laughs) Uh, Rachel would be interesting because, you know, she's got the animosity with Marco and, um, you know, I I think she would also look at the direct path to, to fix the situation and and would try to hide it. I don't know. Or Tobias, this would be a great Tobias book. As well.
0: <laughs> Literally, you could swap the characters around in in all sorts of different situations, and it'd be interesting, no matter who it was. Um, but the opening uh, couple chapters of this book really feels like just Marco's kind of spy mission as he follows X Visor One around. Um, you know, he has to enter this building um, by morphing a human, which let's make a big deal out of in a sec. Um, But he's also, you know, morphing a fly in a crowded elevator and getting swept up into the uh, ventilation shafts. And uh, it's it's just uh, a lot of running around.
1: I mean, this is why I like Marco Books the most. You, obviously, the obvious thing for Marco is to say that his books are funnier and more clever and try to make a lot of jokes. I like Marco Books because he's the Animorph that next to, like, Jake, doesn't mess around. I mean, Rachel's all gung-ho in the middle of a fight, but she doesn't get in these situations for the most part unless she's trying to, like, help Tobias or to rescue a hawk or something. Um, No, Rachel's Rachel's cliche, her go-to cliche is somebody's, like, cruel or abusive.
0: She sneaks off to the side, morphs like elephant or bear, and just proceeds to ruin their day.
1: Marco, if you think of an entire team of Animorphs that are just based around Marco and his personality, they would be an effective force. I mean, they're, they'll morph a human to get in here. They'll take this morph to get in here. They'll, you know, they're ruthless. That's what makes Marco interesting and makes him um, develop as a character because he starts out such a just, you know, joke a minute, scared kid. Um, and now he's probably one of the scariest Animorphs in the way he'll use his powers and make decisions.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, great lines from this book, too. And, and I've selected a choice few that I'm going to share with our listeners throughout. Oh,
1: but welcome uh, back to Animorphs Theater. <laughs>
0: um, hey, you know what? People said they like
1: it. They did. They, they asked for it by name. Well, listen up here. There, there's a
0: little part that made me chuckle uh, in particular, how relevant it was to the nineties and how stupid it is now. Um, and it's where Marco is acquiring this guy named Mr. Grant uh, who is walking through security and he's pretending that he's his uh, son and he's getting taken to work with his father. So he's acquiring him and he's kind of in this stupid trance as they're walking through. And the line from the book is, I looked up at Mr. Grant with an Adam Sandler idiot grin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he, like, pull his uh, South Park hat down at some point, too?
0: Oh, yeah. I imagine the scene where he's in the elevator. uh, You know, he's in a crowded elevator. Visitor 1 is kind of in the front. He's in the very far back. And, yeah, he's wearing these kind of loose-fitting clothes and a hat. And he starts morphing fly. Uh, Man, I I remember...
1: I remember when South Park became like a, uh, it was, obviously it was a huge TV show, but I remember when it became like this merchandising empire for a while there too, kind of like The Simpsons. Um, Oh, yeah. There's just South Park stuff everywhere.
0: Heck, yeah. I remember playing the N64 game that was like a first-person shooter.
1: (laughs) It was great. It It was amazing. And it was just like, oh my gosh, they're cursing in a video game.
0: It was pretty rad for for the late nineties or whenever that was.
1: <laughs> it's just uh, good times.
0: Uh let's see, where were we? Um what else do you want to talk about in this opening scene? I mean here? this is the first he, part he, he finds his mom, obviously um and and he, he gets out and you know this section's pretty short.
1: Really. Yeah it's it's just it's just to make sure that we know that A, his mom's back uh, she's in hiding from the Yurks, which is interesting. And that Marco is already willing to, you know, take risks that he wouldn't normally um, to, you know, see what she's up to.
0: Of course. Yeah, because that. right away he, he he even states, you know, I had to acquire this guy to get in, but I have no intention of morphing him. And then he does eventually when the situation calls for it. And then he morphs yeah. him again to get out later. So, yeah, right off the bat, um, they're, they're making huge sacrifices. uh, Bit.
1: Oh yeah. I want I want to end my sentence there. Okay. Um it's it's just to get us into this setup and it's it's really cool cuz you can see Marco doing his own thing away from the rest of the team which is actually pretty rare. Um and uh it sets up the story well for another Marco Mom adventure.
0: We we love our Marco Mom adventures. Even mm. more so towards the uh, end of
1: the series. Leads to a I would say more interesting scene where we get our normal at the barn, um, you know, letting everybody know what he saw, what's going down, what they might or might not do about it. Um, well, that's, before, that's, that, you know,
0: b- before that, before he, that, he goes to school, actually. Um, and there's kind of a cool scene where uh, he has to sort of evade uh, Chapman.
1: Yeah, Chapman's popped up again, uh, kind of like the dance in The Sickness. Uh, Chapman's relevant again, slightly.
0: Yeah, he's he's been there in the background in a couple of these books. They're they're keeping him more more relevant than Melissa, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, she's off in boarding school. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, but then of course you know they got the scene at the barn, and uh, as Marco's informing everyone, um, they're they're all very cautious about how they you know treat. Situations involving Visor One knowing Marco's situation, and I think Marco picks up on that obviously, and that's that's why he's really uneasy around them.
1: Yeah, he's very defensive off the right off the bat, and um, it's it's weird here. They've done this before, uh, but I feel like this is a pretty high priority mission. I mean, Visor One is a big deal. Marco could go off the handle at any minute. Uh, they're they're all very aware of that. And yet, um, like they've done in several other books, uh, the whole team's not going to go. You know, Jake and Cassie are like, well, we've got this homework to do, and I just I can't get it out of <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
0: You know. I, I actually like uh, moments like this where we get a fractured team
1: for, for a scene. I do, too. I do, too. But this seems a higher priority mission that they would be like, okay, we're just going to have to take the hit, and we all need to go. Because, I mean, it's, it's Visor 1. I mean... You shouldn't mess around with that. And with Marco, I mean, just it's a you know an explosion waiting to happen.
0: Yeah, and the way I see that is uh, we've seen Jake become more and more of a leader. Um, He he really gives Marco a good talking to in this book, but I see this scene as a way for Jake to sort of test Marco's reliability. Um, Of course, if it went south, uh, it could have screwed everything up but uh marco handles it somewhat
1: (laughs) yeah and uh like you said jake gives a talking to marco and um that's why i thought this scene was so interesting because jake gets dead serious like real quick i mean these are two best friends who we see joking around more than anybody almost and um when jake talks to him he talks to him like he's gonna have to take care of him if uh if he doesn't take this seriously.
0: Oh yeah. It's wonderful. And Marco, uh, says he, he basically felt like calling him sir there when they were, uh, talking. Um, and you know, it's really interesting that Tobias and Axe of course are always available. They're always down for every mission. So Jake assigns leadership of this little subgroup to to Tobias, uh, I guess just to see what how Marco would take it, how Marco would handle it. I don't it. think he's
1: testing Marco as much as you're implying. I think he knows Marco is dangerous in this mission, but he doesn't have a choice. He doesn't want to send Tobias and acts alone. And um, I think putting Tobias in charge, I think Tobias is a little more responsible than the rest of the group. Um, as far as you know, doing the right thing, keeping on track, Tobias has kind of lost his uh, goofy kid edge and um, is willing to put forth a little more into that into the missions.
0: Sure, I mean Tobias is the logical uh, option for for being a leader.
1: We don't see him put in a leadership leadership role very often, but um, he does take care of things. You know,
0: no, he he has been a very reliable uh, source for the team, um, and certainly you know it wouldn't be a good idea letting Marco call the shots on a mission that is so close to him, obviously involving his mom.
1: But Which is basically the theme of this book, <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and Marco eventually ends up taking the whole thing and and taking the mission under his control. Anyway, but uh, for for what Jake did here, it was the right move.
1: Yeah. So you got them going on their own, heading back to Marco's mom's, uh, you know, office rental um, in the skyscraper. Yeah, wherever and, she uh, is. Yeah, just downtown, whatever. Um, uh, you have them morphing, uh, bird morphs going to the roof of this place, and then you get an action-packed roller coaster thrill ride of them uh, cockroach <laughs> morphing down some uh, staircases on the rails. Really, cool. but
0: but what it amounts to is your basic, you know, morph and invade a uh, couple of chapters, series of chapters where they run into some artificial uh, barriers to get in their way. Um, like here in this instance, you know, they, they fall off a railing and uh, there's an angry employee stomping around trying to kill some roaches, which they happen to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and once they get to Vizzer's room, uh, she's got a whole hologram set up. and um, they Holograms!
0: A- <laughs> it's If you want to get ahead in this series, you really got to master the holograms.
1: You do. Um, <laughs> Axe needs to build them some. They can't just keep going to the Chi every five seconds to get their hologram action.
0: Well, apparently
1: they can. I mean, they're forced to, but I'm just saying, there's better options. Um, but no, they get in here, and they find Vizzer in a pretty interesting position. Um, yeah, this
0: is a really cool idea, too, and this is one that I'm sure me and, and a lot of uh, readers have wondered, is like if if you had a controller in this situation where they'd have to uh, feed themselves... Candrona, but they couldn't they didn't have anybody else around to hold their host body down how would they do it well here we find out
1: <laughs> this the thing to me that i don't know i mean i guess it, it could be like password locked but you'd think the host body could do anything that yerk could do to release themselves from the from
0: no the, i i think they said it sure. was it was uh psychically linked uh kind of like thought speak was or it used the same kind of thing as thought speak. So it it only would uh, unlock yeah. when the yerk was back inside the the host body and then the brain waves were correct, correct. or something.
1: <laughs> Here's what I don't understand though. They said uh Marco even said that he wishes he could have like right then and there like gotten her way. Um but he said that that the yerk, because it's linked to the device uh he wouldn't be able to do it quick enough like release her before the yerk could begin but couldn't you literally just stick your hand between the water and the ear like just walk over there and then quickly put your hand just blocking the ear canal and then take your time figuring out how to release her
0: you know i maybe but the way it sounded was she's literally strapped down to this huge candrona uh, thing um with her with her part of her head submerged in the the murk and uh it sounded to me like if he got any closer, it would make some kind of noise or it would somehow alert the yerk inside the thing and she would just instantly go right back up into uh yeah. her his
1: mom. I guess it's even possible that a yerk doesn't need to leave the ear canal completely to soak up controna rays.
0: Sure, maybe it can just stick its end out and, you know, like sticking your feet in a pond. <laughs> just, yeah. just tip your who toes knows? in
1: who knows absorb the Candrona from there yeah or at least stay super close I don't know <laughs> um, anyway but so they're well, trying he, to he, he has to a do. real
0: like internal debate about whether or not I mean when he sees her right away he's gonna go to her but his Tobias and Axe have to talk him down from doing that
1: yeah um and he, that was always going to be the threat of Marco being on this mission to begin with. So Yeah, I mean, and it's a very
0: good coming. hint at that, you know, he's definitely a liability because uh, seeing his mom sets off that emotional trigger.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's not too long while they're trying to figure out what they should do with this new information they've gotten and... And hanging out there that... Uh,
0: <laughs> the Benny Hill sketch starts.
1: <laughs> yeah, Visitor 3's troops attack. It's
0: just, they just bust down the door, run in shooting. They don't know who they're fighting hey, or what's going on. What are you doing in here? The music what are kids st- doing here? <laughs> the music starts up.
1: Yeah, just a little they wanted to move things along quickly in this book. And you, you see that several times,
0: right? Well, they, I mean, it's a pretty cool scene because as they're like trying to hold off these, these controllers that are obviously very surprised, um, at who they're fighting. Um, they're having this conversation with visitor one or X Visor one about, you know, whether or not they're going to just flat out kill her or capture her or what they're going to do. They have a really nice little chat here. Um, about how uh, Visor 3 in particular is really hell-bent on killing her. And uh she herself is just working on a scheme to discredit him and try to off him as well. So uh right off the bat, our team knows that they can pit the two Visors against each other like they always want to do. That's like their go-to plan.
1: Hey, I'm going to suggest something a little... um a little strange here, and this uh, this is not to be edited out. This is talking to you, talking to our listeners, and let's see if you agree. Um, you, if you disagree, we'll continue on as normal. But <laughs> re-talking re about this book and, and going into the nuts and bolts of it makes me realize that while I did enjoy this book, and I'll get into that in my review, um, really the, the inner workings and the plot itself are very straightforward, very moving along the rails... Uh, you know, point A, point B, which might have been the point. Um, yeah. But I think the most interesting thing about this book is is talking about Marco and his mom and the character study of, of how he develops and what his general thinking are. So if you if you would like, if you'd like to venture off with me, um, I, I think I'd rather just talk about the book in, in broader terms and not follow the plot along because the plot's very simple and not very interesting to just overview.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I can cap it here in in a couple of sentences basically i mean the whole thing revolves around marco who hijacks this mission to work with visor one and you don't know whether he's leading her towards her doom or if he's going to somehow help her in the end but uh it, it's it's a they're walking the line here between revealing the entire team and giving away all the animorph secrets and uh, maybe coming out on top against Visor One and Visor Three.
1: Um, and Visor One's main motivation is she's trying to. Uh, she's basically been um, caught too many times with either talking to the animorphs or or co- uh, coercing them to do something. And and basically, Visor Three has convinced the council that she is um, in collusion with the enemy and uh she's kind of been deranked, and she's like you said ex-visor 1 now so her plan is to uh actually find the free horkpajir colony which she's found out about and destroy it and by revealing them uh make the uh make visor make visor 3 look ridiculous and and shame him to the council <laughs> yeah, possibly
0: they're over convoluted plots to ruin each other
1: <laughs> yeah which is normal but but yeah like i said i'd, I'd rather just talk about um the journey there and, and like what Marco's going through. Cause I think this does raise some really good points about Marco. Um, in the sense that I, mean, I haven't seen in Animorphs yet books have, they've all had themes. They've all had th- what they've been about, but it's very few and far between that. You get a character's line of thinking simplified into a very pure view. And, and Marco is revealed to have this very brilliant, uh, mind that sees uh, a problem and a solution and a line to get from point a to point b and it's it's yeah there's a line of
0: dialogue in there specifically about that
1: yeah it's it's a great um it's a great graphic uh to show you what he is to the team what he can be and what he is in this situation and how he has to stick to that Uh, because if he ventures off that line even a little bit it's just a kid who misses his mom and so that's what this book is really about. I mean, that's what it's revolving about. All this plot stuff is, I mean, you know, we, we can dig deep into plots of some of these books, and for me to say we should just talk about the rest of the book, um, I that shows that this this really was a point A to B book with trying to tell a different story.
0: Yeah, in fact, I've got a great quote directly from Marco. People don't understand the word ruthless, they think it means mean. It's not about being mean. It's about seeing the bright, clear line that leads from A to B. The line that goes from motive to means, beginning to end. Boom. That's Marco. Yeah. In a nutshell. No
1: ethics. No ethics. No moral quandaries. Basically the opposite of whatever Cassie's brain is doing. Um, it's it's clear and present and dangerous. And um, and it's it's great. It's great to see Marco struggle throughout this book. Uh, I mean, he's he's walking along a cliffside with his mom at one point, and just wondering if he should push her off. Uh, he's he's that's his mom. I mean, whether control or not, uh, even when Jake was dealing with Tom as a yerk, we haven't seen this kind of internal struggle of of her being right there. She's within reach, and he can't do anything. Um,
0: yeah, it's a it's a much different situation, obviously, than Jake and Tom's, um, and and. You know, I'm really hoping in the next book, in particular, I know we get more Jake and Tom interaction, and uh, I haven't read the next book, and I'm I'm looking forward to that because right now their dynamic is a little stale at this point.
1: It just hasn't been brought up in a while, really.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It's really important. They put so much emphasis on on this Marco uh, and his mom relationship, which which leads to interesting places too. And like I said, this book, I think. I think this book uh, does the Marco Mom relationship better than uh, you know the Liron plot uh, with the with the hammerhead sharks and everything. I think I re- I like their depiction in this one way more, and they're actually you know discussing things with each other and and the reveal at the end. All of that is done incredibly well
0: yeah uh, this book is very similar to that one and uh you know there's really no contest this one is is the superior book
1: by far i disagree that they're that similar though because the the last book with them together uh it was marco dealing with the idea of his mom as a controller separately from the actual plot of the book whereas this one they're directly working with each other and marco has to get his feelings out of the way in the moment it's I mean, there's a large stretch of the book where it's just marco and mom marco and his mom by themselves um so i, I think that's i think that's how they're really different yeah
0: but i i mean i i gauge it by at, at the end of the book the results are very much kind of the same it's yeah marco is left in a state of wondering where my mom you know, <laughs>
1: where my mom at? Essentially,
0: uh, that's that's what these books deliver to us is they give us a little little bit of an update uh, to this existing drama, but no satisfying conclusion.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it, I think it does push things forward a little bit with uh, the fact that Visor One's plans uh, do cl- come to fruition, as far as she knows. Um, she does reveal the Horpagir colony and destroys it um, on camera uh, to her captive audience. Um, but the ending with Marco basically saying, Bye, Mom, and revealing to her that the Animorphs are, at least there's one of them that's a human, that's big. That's for the series, that's a big mythology point of the first big, um, I mean, besides David. The first big letting in someone else uh, into their secret. And it's Vizzer freaking one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, it does come right after Aftran, you know. So, second oh, yerk. She's second just some, yerk to know. She's
1: just some yerk. This is Vizzer one. Uh, X, this is a big, Vizzer
0: one, uh, recognize.
1: Even if even if Aftran, even though Aftran knows um, knows Cassie and knows that they're humans or whatever, uh, it's it's a lot different from a Vizzer one basically coming to all these ideas immediately when she hears her son's voice in her head saying goodbye, mom, uh, the coincidence of her son being one of the andalite bandits and all these threads that, um, immediately get tied up in her head. I mean, I, I, I would take an entire book of her thought process from the top of that cliff to the, whatever landing she ended up getting. Um, cause I bet it was pretty insane.
0: Well, first of all, he said, I love you. Not goodbye, mom. Those are his exact that's all he words. says at the
1: end that's all he yeah. says at the
0: end yeah he says I love
1: you man I was I was on an but, emotional but journey from that that, the authors didn't even <laughs> did
0: yeah exactly well when you just supply your own memories of <laughs> of dialogue and whatnot uh, I, I yeah, know yeah, how your mind details. gets carried away you start <laughs> you start changing things around adding things yeah I know you
1: no 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 no. okay okay he says hold on she flushed at bloody tracks on her cheeks she staggered back mom I cried you don't think that was uh no he did shout he did
0: uh... did shout mom once yeah
1: I think that was public he He does he does just say I love you but she immediately says the boy it's the boy yeah she gets that it's Marco immediately and then he sc- and then he screams mom right after that. So I didn't confuse it that bad.
0: <laughs> no. Okay. I guess you didn't.
1: Um Yeah. You know, I I and, uh, one
0: thing that you I want to mention shame before me, I forget.
1: Just like Visor 1 was trying to shame Visor 3.
0: Yes, publicly to our council of 13 patrons Listeners. patrons.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do we have 13? Oh, that's we, what can we, have a, that's we can have a we can have a council of 13. We,
1: we have nine. Once, if we get a few more, uh, we can form a council of 13.
0: Maybe that should be the next uh, big tier. Who knows? <laughs> uh, what was big I saying? spenders. Yeah. Oh, the ending kind of mirrors uh, the ending of that previous Marco Visor One book, uh, in which Rachel is the one who sees <laughs> Vizier One's getaway method, whatever it is. It might be a submarine, might oh, be a bug true. fighter. Rachel notices it. And then in the last chapter, we've got her coming along to tell Marco once again, hey, saw that thing. Saw that yeah. thing. You know what huh. that might and mean. A,
1: and this there's, is a ghostwriter, too. so There's going to be
0: another think. Visitor 1 book. And yeah. we're still going to call her Visitor 1. Yeah. Well, and and know. I know for a fact, the next one is uh, The Proposal. And uh, I don't know if she comes back in that one or not.
1: I don't think it's that one. I I think that even if there's a couple books between this one and Viser, I think Viser takes place right after this one.
0: It's I, very I could be well wrong. Could
1: um, I could it's be been wrong a while since as far I read as Viser. As far as the events that happen, you could potentially read this one and go straight into Vizer because she's all beat up. Um, you know, she's still. You know, on trial for crimes, whatever crimes she might commit. Sure, maybe, it, maybe it committed.
0: stretches book to book.
1: I don't know, but I'm just saying you could potentially lead into it. But I, I, think I am wrong. I think there is another book that leads directly into it. So I don't know.
0: Okay. Well, uh, I mean, where else? Do, where do you see this formatless show going now? Then, Mister, let's can the formula. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, because there are a lot of scenes that I want to talk about within the book. That's what I enjoy talking about. These books is is breaking down all these scenes that these authors have compiled together. No, no, I, and, I, I and, do and, and really analyzing it. That's I that's what too, I get off I, on. I
1: see. I I enjoy that as well. And I, I'm not suggesting this for every episode. Um, uh, this one, it just the plot is so you can set it aside so easily. It's it's not what what's important to this book. It's not what this book's trying to convey to you. And, uh, I do like the little scenes where she's like, when they're, uh, you know, talking her through buying the equipment for where she's going. And, (coughs) uh, you know, they're executing this plan. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of like little scenes and you know, it, you you mentioned I think recap- it's, it's point A to point B plot line yeah. where, where you're very much with them. That all kicks off when, when Marco kind of hijacks the mission and is like, okay, we're going to kind of cooperate with her and, and steer her around and uh, uh, call attention to her by all the other known controllers. They they make a big deal to walk her past known controllers, especially in the uh, the mall, like you said, when they're buying equipment with her. <clears throat> Um, so you see Marco uh, making things up on the fly as he's, you know, desperate to maintain this control over his mom yeah, and what she's just, doing.
1: It's just like the third part of the story that Jake was supposed to be, but him and Cassie got themselves blowed up. Um yeah, no you know, kidding. That's, how convenient. That's, <laughs> that's Marco having to improvise and, and take literally the hardest part of the mission and the part that he was most likely to fail. But I do want to talk about, I, I again, I don't want, I, I honestly think a recap, I don't think it'd lead to any fun tangents. I don't think it would uh, anyone get anything out of it who hasn't read this book. Um, we would literally just be recapping the plot of the book in an uninteresting way. But I do want to talk about the ending of this book and how bombastic it is. Um, I mean, when you get to the end, the whole sky opens up to reveal, like, cruiser ships we've never seen before and Visitor's Armada. and uh, Yeah, it gets know, just, a
0: little cartoony crazy for, uh, it, for a minute there.
1: Yeah, and, and then uh, Eric's... What kind of holograms can Eric project if he can make them think that an entire valley is right in front of them?
0: And that it, you know, is... Uh, a inhabited by like all these hork that are just like doing their thing and then B, blowing up and on fire and like dying. Like he had to simulate, you know, a hork running around on fire dying
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this little hologram little, show. It gets a little dark. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting turn for a book that like you said earlier has been mostly talking and, and them discussing things uh, to turn into this huge like movie blockbuster at the end. It's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, and you know, it is something that very similar to uh, uh, the Megamorphs book that we just talked about. How you know, in the end, they're kind of in this um, very vague struggle where it's like all the action is happening here, and our characters are moving along this route. Well, the ending of this book felt very much like when they're they're walking her up the mountain. Um, You know, it's Marco's freaking out because obviously. Jake and Cassie are supposedly dead. Um, Axe is like off doing his own thing, trying to he's, he's out getting supplies and he's not back yet. And it's just things aren't going well for him. And he's just trying so hard to focus on the mission. And, and at one point, you know, he can't even come to terms with uh, telling Tobias that uh, Jake and Cassie are probably dead. He's just like, Vizzer one got him.
1: Yeah, oh, I, I mean, mean, think they, they
0: captured. No, I don't. I don't think so.
1: <laughs> think about the state of his mind—that he's so obsessed with his mother and what's going on in, in, in the mission. Um, he doesn't even grieve for his best friend dying. He's—he's he's convinced that they're dead. Um, so that's—that's that's how crazy Marco is in this book. And you could chalk that up a little bit to a ghostwriter handling it and and doing whatever. No,
0: you about. know what? You could say he literally just saw it happen a book ago
1: so that's true
0: so he's a little bit desensitized to his best friend being killed right in front of him
1: yeah but i i would like to just go ahead unless there's a specific topic that you've already uh that you wanted to talk about specifically i i think we can jump straight into our reviews um you can try man but there's there's scenes
0: that i want to talk about then talk and, about and, and them right things now. i want to bring up then bring them up. <laughs> you keep pushing it along. Like, why don't we jump into our reviews? Why don't we do our plugs right here and now?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, this is. I think the interesting parts of this book we've we've hit on already for the most part. I don't think there's much meat to these bones
0: for the most part. But I mean, you're skipping out on little scenes like then talk about them. When have we ever had uh, uh, Marco who is hijacked his first mission? and uh, is trying to decide, like, we need a good morph for this thing. What are we going to do? Well, the same thing we always do is we go see Cassie. Except this time, you know, it's the middle of the night. He's doing something that directly goes against Jake's orders. And what did he think? Cassie wasn't going to go straight to Jake and tell him what they were up to? <laughs> like, um, yeah. And then, we, you know, we get this very kind of silly and out of place uh, uh, acquiring... Uh, scene at the gardens where he's he's going after goats and, you know, he gets kicked. And, and this is one of the funniest scenes from the book, by the way, is is when he's in there trying to acquire the goats and uh, uh, the goats are obviously, you know, pretty aggressive and they're <laughs> coming at him and he's like, Tobias flew away to safety X, you know, nimbly jumped away on some rocks. And then, me, I was a human, so I couldn't get away.
1: <laughs> See, the, this is what I was talking about. Obviously, this-
0: knock him out.
1: This is what I was talking about. Um, this is why I wanted to kind of just talk about the the broader themes and stuff of this book. Because I, I read this book in the past. I like this book. I consider this one of the better books. And just talking about it again, talking about the, the nuts and bolts of the plot. Is lowering my score. Yeah, that's
0: darn right. That's what we're supposed to do here. Quit fantasizing in lava land.
1: I'm not fantasizing. Great movie, by the way. I'm not fantasizing. I'm just saying that I don't, I think those are the actual plot of this book is the least interesting thing about it.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, this is definitely one that you have to read to get full enjoyment of. Um, And yeah, you know what? Probably, if, if we were to sit here and tell you exactly, like, oh, and then they followed Visitor 1 around the store, and then Rachel caused a big scene, but she turned it around. Like, sure, that, that might be boring. It's,
1: <laughs> it's it, Yeah, it's not entertaining to discuss, even though the book itself is entertaining to read, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Um, I just don't know how that, that translates to you talking about how great it is. If you don't even want to discuss the things that make it great.
1: I'm trying to make it great again. All right.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? To be honest with you, I mean, we've pretty much covered everything uh, as as far as what the happens in the plot. I mean, they march her up the mountain.
1: I think um, there are going to be some books that we discuss. From here on out that that need a briefer overview is what I'm saying because there are incredibly interesting I'm sure the Atlantis book even though neither of us have read it has some really awesome stuff we're going to want to talk about but it may not need a, a an entire walkthrough of the plot you know that's all mm,
0: I'm yeah saying. I'm sure no I think the only thing that we didn't explicitly mention was that um, you know Marco looked poised to actually kill his mom like I think he might have done it had Jake not uh, conveniently <laughs> reappeared, proving that he's alive, of course, and and knocking him down. Um, and I loved, I loved the uh, scene where you know he's holding him down, and all he's saying is just "Hold on, man, hold on." Um, oh yeah, that that really, really hit hard. Um, and uh,
1: you, you didn't mention that. You know, I know, but I was, that's what <laughs> I was trying to talk about. But the ending has some of the best parts of this. Part. Uh,
0: uh yeah by far um and really that's it you know uh visor one supposedly escapes to fight another day uh it, it, and it's wrapped up
1: <laughs> yeah so um in general i mean i like you said there's there's good scenes in it i just think this is one and i, I won't say this very often in a book related podcast but this is one you kind of need to read and and make up your mind on how you feel about it uh because we're not going to convince you either way and we're definitely not going to entertain you talking about the bot um like some (laughs) other books actually will
0: it's possible uh so i I don't know are you
1: are you going to launch into your review what's your review no i'm gonna i'm gonna make you do your review first now because you're so trying to stay away from it
0: well, that's okay. I'm perfectly fine with uh, discussing this. So, you know, you mentioned, of course, that it's a uh, very cut-and-paste uh, A to B. Uh, this is the problem, and then we're going to follow our characters dealing with it. There's not a whole lot of uh, dipping into the sci-fi tropes that they, they tend to do in some of these stories. Um, it's a very human story, uh, more so than we see you know, throughout the series, and, and these ones generally always are. Uh, but, you know, I, I mentioned its similarities to the previous encounter with Visor one um, I, I mentioned how I felt uh, somewhat disappointed at the lack of closure again at the end. It felt very much like, well, this is uh, the bit of story to tide you over until she comes back and we do something significant again, hopefully. Um, I and I don't honestly remember what the next book involving her is, so I'm looking forward to reading that one. Of course, Um this one is definitely one of the best written ones that we've encountered in quite a while. And you know what's funny? We've probably said that about like the past couple episodes. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, the the ghost reading <laughs> books are are still there to form at, at this point in my mind. They're they're doing well as far as just the general. Writing, um, I,
0: I'd really like to believe that um, the Applegates had something to do with, you know, editing the manuscripts or or at least giving their express approval.
1: Um, I'd was- say at this point, at book 30, they're still a lot more involved than they might be in the next ten books. You know? Well,
0: although in the back of my, my book here, I've got an ad for uh, Everworld, a new series from the author of Animorphs, And uh, I didn't get to read that one, but I I remember thinking at the time, like, wow, they're doing another series and they're they're still running this one. These people must work nonstop, which I understand, I think, is the case or was the case at that point. Now, what was I saying in my review? Something about this book being decent, I think.
1: I don't know. It's your review. <laughs>
0: like you said, okay, uh, this, this is a very good example of one that uh, the reader really should make up their mind whether they like it or not because it's it's a lot less sci-fi, like I said. Um, yeah, you've still got them doing their morphs and going on these kind of uh, missions, and it's a lot more like stealth and infiltration than we've seen in, in the past, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, it's it's nice to have a book every so often that's kind of more grounded in realism. And you definitely get that here. Uh, one of the funniest scenes I think we've had in a while is like the whole team um, pretending to be these arrogant Andalites as they're ordering Visor one around um, is just wonderful. They all play the w- part so well and they're uh, absolutely hilarious when they're they're pretending like that. Um, it's a good thing Axe wasn't around to hear them for most of it. I don't know if he'd have no, found I, it as I, funny.
1: I like, I like when they talk about the plan, Axe is like, I'm borderline offended right now.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he gets one little quip in, but um, they, they really try to keep the ruse going for quite a while. Um, and it's another really interesting uh, to see uh, Vizzer1 as she kind of starts to figure it out, and they're like talking back and forth and marco you know accidentally lets a stupid reference slip and she understands from that like yeah pop something's up reference. something's up Andalites don't make pop culture references and yeah it's a really dumb mistake um so let's see if i'm forming an opinion about this damn thing um i remember feeling really good about it after i read it and then uh, as I was forming my, my summary and thinking it over and uh, really thinking about everything that went into this book and, and what, we've, what we get from it, um, I don't know that it does too much new uh, in a sense. I'm, I'm really conflicted over how I feel about this, and I'm sure, I'm sure you're probably going to get a, give it a five. Okay, let's be honest here. And I'm torn between a five and a four because as much as I enjoyed this book, I'm I'm really wondering does it does it deserve that honor of sitting up on that five bracket mm-hmm. because in the end of the day you know it it maybe did a little bit to advance uh, some character development with Marco and Jake and Viser One um, but but did it do much else I don't know so let's see uh, could I recommend this would I say this is necessary. Man, I am, I'm really conflicted on this. I've never been so conflicted. Oh my
1: gosh, your reviewer's were meandering more than parts of this book did.
0: <laughs> well, that's the problem, my friend, with recording these dang things so long after we read the book. Because uh, we, we had plans to record earlier this week um, th- through a bunch of circumstances. They fell through, unfortunately. But um, we're recording this now on the 22nd of February, a date that is significant, by the way, as Coleman, I'm sure, knows.
1: Yeah, it's your, uh, you and your wife's anniversary.
0: Oh, somebody checked Facebook today. Way to go.
1: No, I remember. (laughs) The event, I was there the day you married. I was your best man.
0: Ab- absolutely. So not only is it significant, you know, just in general for us, it, it is significant to the podcast because this was three years ago, uh, I think the the inaugural year of ThoughtSpeak, was it not?
1: Yep, I think so.
0: That we started it, it yeah. And, and you we know, put our-, our
1: six episodes since.
0: <laughs> our dedicated listeners uh, may remember back, a couple years ago to to when we were talking about Coleman's coming up to Minnesota. Uh, I believe I was trying to give my review. And uh, you know what? Because I'm I'm so uh, certain that you're going to give this a five and highly praise it, I'm going to praise it slightly less, and I'm going to give it four out of five gashad's.
1: Wow, I didn't know we were basing our reviews off of what the other person thought, but I guess that's just a lowering in quality of the podcast in general. Little do you
0: um, know that every episode of this show is a game of cat and mouse between you and I.
1: Your integrity is bought and paid for, sir, is what I'm saying. And now uh, because no, of your now
0: because of your random skipping around, I, I have lost all track of uh, which quotes <laughs> I was going to read when.
1: <laughs> I all promise we will not... not- we will not make that a regular thing. I just, I thought it was relevant to the book. And I can't believe you didn't pick up why. Uh, you think I'm gonna give this book a five? I'm not gonna come close to a five. Um, so uh, this book is, it's like I said, it's one I, re- I read way back in the day and I really enjoyed it. And I think the main reason I really enjoyed it because I was missing a lot of the Marco and his mom books. Um, I had not read them. So this is like one of the few I read before I read Vizzer. Um so that was that was big to me and that was important. But like we had said, we got a lot of these uh action beats, we got a lot of these character beats um in earlier books. And while I do think that this one does them better than the other books, we've already seen this story for the most part. Um it's it's interesting, it's a fun read, but the fact that I didn't even want to talk about the plot tells you a lot about it. The plot's not important. The most interesting things about this book are Marco and his vision of how he should deal with his mom, what would make him a good Animorph, a good soldier. Uh, he wants to be ruthless. That's what's interesting about Marco in this book, is that he wants to be that ruthless soldier who can win the war with no emotion. And he fails miserably within this book, which is incredibly interesting and, and better than all the other Marco and his mom books combined. Um, but at the end of the day, this is a a sci-fi kind of action-y drama book series and and the plot itself just kind of moves forward and to that I have to knock off um, a star and and a star here for um, for just you know not indulging in in Marco's uh, psyche and what he should really be doing in some of these scenes that he just skips over uh, based on his own thought process that we read in the book so Um, And the coincidences are extreme in this book. Oh,
0: astronomical.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we talk about them a lot. But in this one, they're just like, I'm sorry, you're not even holding our hand as a reader at this point. You're shoving us forward to get to your plot that isn't that interesting. So unlike what you thought, uh, while I still think there are incredibly important aspects of this book, it is an interesting read. You get one of the better Marco books. Uh, I think it's got enough mistakes that uh, I can only give this um, three out of five Empire Nova class starship. Oh,
0: baloney.
1: Three out of...
0: You did did that just because I went first and I gave my rating and I called yours.
1: You can can claim that all you want, but I had this rating right after I read the book.
0: You Um, wanted to
1: kiss this book's ass. I loved this book. This is one of my childhood books. But uh, I, did not come up with that re- I didn't come up with that score in the last 15 minutes. I've had that score for almost a week and a half now. So, And I even had- No, uh, I refuse to think that
0: I, I think higher than, of this book than you. So <laughs> my ratings are you, two now.
1: Unlike you, I don't uh, change my review based on what the other person is thinking. Um, <laughs> well, so you should. Take that. No, you're at a four out of five, and that's the score that's going to be marked down in history in this podcast. You
0: know what else? Uh, You know what else I want to say? Uh, I I just realized lowers it in my opinion. So, uh, Visitor Three, you know, it's been a while since we've had a like really good Visitor Three showdown, and and this this book again really didn't add anything to it because he morphs this generic like chameleon crab alien thing. And you know what's generic and you know what's rushed when they don't even give it a name an alien name Yeah. I, I always like it when they're like, "Oh, that's the fluff or whatever." <laughs> yeah. I had I had to use I had to use Gashad, which is another
1: yerk word. Yeah.
0: If you want to know what it means, kids, read the book.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it's just it's it shows that I think this was the start of the more hastily written, written, uh, ghost ghostwritten written books. And technically it's a, well, this is a good author. They got to help them with ghostwriting. Um, but I feel like this book was a little rushed. I feel like it's pandering. Um, and I think the overall concepts probably came straight from the authors themselves and they just had someone else do the legwork for them. So not a bad book by any means. I think this is a necessary read, um, especially to lead into visitor and stuff. But, um, I have my problem. Well, I,
0: I, I think what it really suffered from was trying to pace uh, the Marco with his mom plot and literally everything else. Because that's kind of how I, I figured uh, uh, when I was reading this book. It was like either Marco's you know, working with his mom or following her or talking to her, or there's other things happening with the other characters.
1: Here's, here's the big letdown of this book you could take out Marco's mom. And make it like a Jake book, or um, like I said, Tobias book, or something. Not Tobias book; he's in Hawk morph half the time, uh, or Rachel book, whatever. And switch out Viser One for just a random yerk that they want to like collude with, and you could keep the plot essentially exactly the same. You just have to change the ending.
0: Sure, it could have been with Cassie and her, you know trying to decide whether or not she should kill this person. Yeah, Just, anyone like, who control. has a
1: grudge, against, any, like, sub or Which is like, basically the what, what uh, The Departure was, <laughs> right? Yeah, The Departure was a much more interesting version of this book. Um, minus, like I said, all the Marco and his mom stuff, which is what makes this book even, you know, worth a read. Um, so, anyway, I, that's, that's my thoughts. I'm sorry they were so surprising to you and threw you off, but um, I've been thinking about it for a while now, so... Well, you know
0: what I've been thinking about for a while? This one last quote that I want to read to you, this line that stood out to me when I was reading this. It was just very beautiful. And it's Marco, and he's, of course, thinking as he does, as he's, you know, traveling. He says, We would meet, One and I, we would meet on a mountaintop, and I would end it all there. Boom. A little insight into what's going on in Marco's mind. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was just very stuff- poetic there in the end, too, as they're, you know, like ascending this mountain. And as you said, like all of a sudden the skies part and there's like giant uh, star destroyer sized <laughs> spaceships like hanging yeah. out in the sky. They're all battling each other. For some reason, you know, X Visor 1 still has forces that can fight. Uh, Visor three's got all of his people there. We got a lovely scene of Visor three just being a flat out dick to one of his uh, troops again as he lobs off somebody's arm.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and that's what I was saying. Like the actual writing, of this book is perfectly fine. Um, it's it's just the the structure and the broad themes um, that that weigh it down.
0: But- no, no, I get it. I mean, you hate it, sure. Three out of five.
1: Three yeah three to five's hatred now <laughs> um, changes a lot of books in our in our uh, that we've already gone through. But anyway, um, I don't. I want to hear uh, what our readers really think of this book. I'd like to get a few emails on this and see where everybody because I, I feel like it's probably pretty divided. I think it's pro- It might be overall in the positive, um, but I bet there's some people who who recognize the flaws in this in this story. Uh,
0: sure or or people that uh, I'm sure just are aware of the Marco mom drama and realize that this book doesn't really do anything to bring any finality to that situation and so I'm sure it's one that gets skipped over quite often
1: yeah exactly that's my Um, thoughts on it yeah so anyway I hope you've enjoyed this uh, podcast you know we try to put out this now premium content for you um, and so I, I'm really excited about getting through these a little quicker and, and getting episodes out quicker. I think, um, I think that's well within the realm of our lives now. And it doesn't seem like your child is like pulling the mic out of your face or anything. So not currently. That's good.
0: <laughs> and, uh, so. I think, I think the bigger, uh, elephant in the room, I don't know if we addressed this at the beginning of the episode. I don't think we did, but did you mention your, uh, new, your rulership? Over a
1: no, we particular
0: <laughs> online kingdom?
1: Yeah, so I'm now a moderator of Our Animorphs, uh, where you will see this episode posted, uh, I don't think I'm going to sticky it to the top. I think that would be abusing my power. <laughs> uh,
0: potentially, but at the same time, if you did it for all the podcasts, if if uh, the other Animorphs podcasts that are particularly popular right now, if they also posted to r slash uh, Animorphs, which they, they, they absolutely should. Um, we've been saying for a while now, it'd be great to have a little bit more interaction between all of us uh, as a community. So if... Um, if uh, morph club, you want to step up, you want to join our slash animorphs in the discussion. Well, come on what over. What might be cool?
1: <laughs> what I could do maybe is I'm running a monthly con- a fan art uh, animorphs um, contest right now on our animorphs where uh, the theme of the month is dome ships, andalite dome ships. I think some pretty cool fan art could come out from that. Um, I, I really, but, you know
0: what? I got to say, I really like having themed fan art uh, submissions. um, Because just saying you know it's an animorphs fan art drive or whatever they call them, um, it it just doesn't inspire creativity. I don't think. And
1: yeah, and uh, you you don't get you don't get new artwork when you just have it be broad. So
0: sure, I'm hoping we get a lot of creativity and a a lot of uh, creative people that want to share their ideas, Um, even if they're you know sketches on pencil and paper, uh, it'd still be cool
1: yeah but you've inspired me I think uh, it might be cool to actually have like a uh, just to keep them all in one place have like a sticky post at the top that's um, uh, the latest episodes of all the podcasts you can put a link to Morph Club in there to ThoughtSpeak um, Hindsight you know all all the different podcasts for for your Animorphs uh, listening needs
0: If, if they have submittable links I'm not sure how it works with other podcasts I'm not even quite sure how it works with ours I mean, no, we, just, we
1: just we link to the to our website and of I'm course, sure we but do the these other ones have websites I'm not sure you you have to have a website to have a podcast it's, it's
0: hardly any of our business to know
1: yeah and you could you could you could use Soundcloud or something like that, and you know you just link to that
0: yep, we've tried <laughs> that easy. before,
1: yeah, but anyway, um so yeah, maybe I'll think about that but i I promise to be a cruel but fair leader on there um there will be justice, and it will be harsh. but (laughs) but i'm also i'm also directly responsible for all the cool new pictures and uh uh themes and graphic design that we've added to the to the subreddit so you can both thank me and fear me
0: well well who elected you i didn't vote for you
1: (laughs) it's because it's because our animorphs is not a democracy
0: did you get the monty python reference i
1: did at best it's a uh fascist Republic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, on that note, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of exciting changes to come. Um, not least of all, which I, I want to come up with a proper outro here, one that kind of consolidates all of our plugs. Because as always, we've got to mention uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebookcom slash uh we're on cast? twitter or just ThoughtSpeak? i'm not even sure see we'll have an official outro and it won't even be a problem anymore because it'll be recorded
1: <laughs> exactly if you just search ThoughtSpeak on facebook we'll come up pretty quick uh on twitter we're at morphcast and you can always email us at thoughtspeakcast at gmail.com um that's our gmail and we we get plenty of plenty of email on there that we we read and i think we're getting better about reading stuff um Again, you can find our posts and everything on our Animorphs, where a lot of the discussion is had. I really like discussion on there. Um, Reddit's just a pretty easy forum for discussing the ins and outs of our episode and and the the books we're talking about. Um, And now you can go to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash thoughtspeak. If you want to uh, donate to us there and subscribe as a uh, patron, it only um, you only pay when we release content, uh, specifically episodes, and uh, it really helps us out. I mean, that's, that's going to lead to us possibly uh, having a new website and doing some really interesting things within the community and possibly some much bigger things too. Um, so just check us out there and see if you're interested in becoming a subscriber
0: and don't forget to check us out on itunes where you can rate us and review us and rant and rave us and whatever you want
1: yeah check us out on iTunes. that's that's where <laughs> most people i say would listen to our show um see that's why we got to get these plugs nice and consolidated and
0: condensed down we get we play that and then we can have a little uh couple minutes here to jive between us Um, For instance, I'd like to point out that next we'll be talking book 31, The Conspiracy, which is uh, a book that I haven't read, as I've mentioned, and I'm kind of interested to see how it plays out.
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that book as well. Um, We're getting into a lot of books now that um, I've just never read. Some of them I haven't even heard.
0: (laughs) Speaking of heard, we (laughs) all just heard your dog, but that's okay. We're we're pro-canine here on the Thoughts Week
1: podcast. I just, for anyone interested, I just got a new dog um, a few weeks ago. And she's, uh, that was her. That was her and uh, my other dog trying to uh, figure out what my wife was doing.
0: They're just just being dogs. That's cool. Mm -hmm. We like dogs. Uh, Okay, well, (laughs) this one kind of fizzled out.
1: <laughs> uh well you no know, we i think we've got some interesting stuff and, and with the patreon and uh and new things coming i think this is an exciting time to be a ThoughtSpeak listener so we'll leave you with that and uh got got some great books coming down the line so hope you've enjoyed this episode uh, i'm coleman absolutely
0: and I, i've been mitchell and we all want you to have a fantastic time and we'll see you in the next episode